My favorite was I walked up to the doorman at one point, and I was just like, the last time I came here, I don't remember when I left. And he goes, well, hopefully it turns out better this time. Didn't. And it didn't. It was actually objectively worse. <laughs> it was objectively worse. <laughs> this is the part where I'd slow clap, except I'd, it, I know it would fuck the audio for the week. Um, oh, you don't even know... You don't even know. I'm gonna let Scotty tell Oh, you didn't know? Da 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 da. Your bar tab's gonna tell somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fuck it. The cold open's not gonna be about wrestling. I might as well continue the running theme that every single podcast I do this week somewhat involves me talking about partying with Chewbacca and BB 8 in the red phone booth in Atlanta. By partying, do you mean that you awkwardly stood near them and drank? No. I mean, at one point, Chewie looks at me, and Chewie said, You know, I wouldn't say no to a whiskey sour. And I went, and I bought him one, walked over, and me and him, and apparently a bunch of us just hung out making Wookiee noises for a few. Oh, yeah, you don't remember how that, like, escalated. By the way, no, wait, wait, can you tell the story of how this escalated? Because fun fact, hand the drink to Chewbacca, Scotty blacks out. That's literally (laughs) the way the night went for me. I mean, that's the thing. We were just talking about, like, we got around to, uh, I don't even remember what the fuck we talked about, because we were just making stupid small talk that you make at a bar. We were talking about the con, we were talking about how, like, he was happy that people didn't recognize him until he told them who he was. And yeah. that, like, and he said, yeah, and then I'm just a big Wookiee. And then he's. So welcome to Fight Boys, ladies and gentlemen, the show about professional and not so professional wrestling. I am your host. The man who let the Wookiee win, the bad boy of podcasting, Scotty Moore. Oh, you did not let him win. He just won. (laughs) It is me, the man that remembers meeting Chewbacca, Blake Tanner. It is I, the man that didn't have to deal with this BS, the Dylan. (laughs) Apropos, thank you, sir. It's good to be back, boys. Do you enjoy your time off? Yeah, I got four days of it thanks to the hurricane (laughs) (laughs) that didn't come anywhere near us, as I suspected would be the case. Oh, you mean the hurricane that's ravaging Alabama right now as we speak? I don't even even know how. It hit the opposite coast, but well done. Look, that's what the president told me. The president told me that it was wrecking shop up and down Alabama. Mm Mm-hmm. So, wrestling happened, and God, I've never been more happy that we postponed recording an episode. Yeah. Because if there was one thing this episode needed, it was a little bit of the bubbly. God, this is the new... It's already been run into the ground. I applaud how quickly they were able to do it. Dude, dude... Matthew, dude, Matthew isn't gonna need an ending to Botchamania for the rest of the year. They've already <laughs> made all of the intros and exits for him. Like, it's it's already there. Yep. He, there is something disgusting about the way he says bubbly. Because it's not normal Jericho talking. It's just little bit of bubbly. Like, okay, it's Jericho, Otis. He's, 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 he's channeling his inner Otis. By the way, yeah. this is the... 
By the way, this goes on the the list of uh, improbable things that Chris Jericho has gotten over, uh, which includes a fucking clipboard, scarves, man scarves, uh, shitty light up jackets, and now the word bubble. Bubble. So, bubble. If he can get and the and thanks to losing it, the AEW championship. Yep. Yes. So, can we talk about that? Let's just open up with it. That was yeah, okay. Because I tr- I tried to get you guys to not see. Oh, the I news. saw it before you posted about it. Oh, <laughs> I tried because I read that it happened and I read the police report because the police report is amazing because it's not until you get to Christopher Jericho Irvine that you realize exactly what's going down because before that it sounds like. Oh, someone's lost their replica wrestling belt at a fucking Longhorn Steakhouse. On the way to a Longhorn. It wasn't even there. It was on the way there. By the way, you ever hear the story about Jericho's first night as Undisputed Champion? Yeah. Yeah. All I had was flashbacks to that story where he, like, locks in his hotel room and some dude, like, takes forever and he's just eating cold pizza with it. I was like, ah, yes, Chris Jericho and, like... Like, you know, issues with his newly won championships. Name a more iconic duo. Chris Jericho is really, he really is a legend. He is. Apparently, the belt never even made it into the limo. He just put it on top of the limo and it fell off into the street. Oh, I was, I just love the fact that you, just a couple of days after he won that bitch. It wasn't even 24 hours. Oh, I thought it was within 48, but god damn, that's impressive. It wasn't Chris. even 24 hours. How much did you have to drink at that Longhorn, Chris? <laughs> Let me put it this way. He had a lot of the bubbly. Jer- <laughs> <laughs> Jericho was not over with me. Like, I understood the gimmick and I appreciated it, but I wasn't like, oh, cool, he's the champ, I'm super excited. I was like, okay, he's the big name, he gets the belt, whatever. I didn't care. Within 48 hours, Jericho made me care more than anything in the entire world. Because as somebody put on Twitter, when Jericho is at his best, he is the greatest professional wrestler on the planet. But when he is at his worst, he is just a sweating red pig man who unleashes catchphrases upon you. And it's equally good is when he's at his best. He also unle- he also unleashes Judas effects on people. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I saw the ending to that match even though I didn't get to watch the- I didn't watch the pay-per-view. That looked way better than the match against uh the match against freaking Omega for the ending. Like yeah. that that looked like he had practiced. It was like a counter move, like he just catches you with it, which is which is a yeah, great yeah. way to do a finisher. I I I appreciate that more than the last. It looked better. Yeah, he's getting yeah. there. By the time we get to TV in a month, it'll be fine. See, the only thing with me that sucked about it was the fact that throughout the whole thing, Paige is throwing the most vicious rolling elbows I've ever seen in my entire life, where you couldn't do anything to look better than that. Paige was, tr- I think Paige was legitimately trying to bust Jericho open in that one spot that he wanted to get busted open in, until the point where Jericho said, fuck it, I'm blading. Yeah. Uh, so, b- by the way, this last weekend made me realize that the, the problem I have with AEW, which is uh, I finally had to, like, go to, like, like, I, I didn't because I had something else to do. But, like, I was like, oh, I have to pay for this pay-per-view even after it's shown. And I was like, man, I can't wait for them to get, like, a service. Yeah. 
it was great the way we did it because we were just at the hotel uh, for Dragon Con, and we Scotty just posted all over Twitter, "Watch party, watch party, come pay for the watch party." And yeah. I got I got twenty bucks off of our pay per view off of it. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I will say the greatest realization that I had during the pay per view was more about a certain wrestler and the fact that I don't think we've ever pronounced his name correctly because his name is Pack and not Pac. I don't know if it's because everyone's been like, Wait, thinking. Wait, who said X- it that way? Did he say it Every that Every fucking body! Like, JR, JR would occasionally say Pac, but for the most part, they were all saying, Pac's in the corner, Pac's going for it, Pac's doing the flip! Hasn't, weren't, didn't they call him Pac all the way on being the elite? I don't fucking know. I just know that... Doesn't Pac call himself Pac? Yeah. I just know during the opener, they kept saying Pac, 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 and I'm like, oh, they're getting it wrong. And then I Googled it. No, it's pronounced Pac, apparently. Whatever. Who gives a shit? Um, So anyways, I really enjoyed Kenny Omega versus Pac. That was a great match. Omega, uh, there were three stellar matches on that card that I would recommend to anybody. And yeah. it was uh, Omega Pac, it was the uh, Fiesta Ladder Match, and the Triple Threat Hardcore Bullshit Fuckfest. What about the, what about SCU versus Jurassic Express? Was that? Oh, that no. was, that was a good opener. It was a very good opener. It was so early on, I'd forgotten about it, but it was very good. The, they used Marco's stunt like a missile. <laughs> yeah, you mean exactly how I said he would be used? It's it's almost like I know shit about wrestling. Can you believe it? <laughs> no, no, no. After there all these years, there was a moment where all three members of SCU are on the outside of the ring, and I said, "I swear to God, if Dylan gets it right, and they throw Marco and Jungle Boy, and then finally Luchasaurus, who, by the way, MVP of the night, goes to Luchasaurus for his amazing kicks. His kicks were so effortless, but it's like that's a big man doing those big kicks. Yeah, yeah." Like, he would step in the ring and, like, not even show any emotion of, like, oh, yeah, let's do a kick. He was, it's like he was going into work and be like, all right, kick you out of the way, kick you, turn around, kick this guy, I guess. Choke slam. His choke slam looks amazing. Yes. Yo, yeah. Luchasaurus, I don't give a fuck who you are. Come at me, Smart City. Luchasaurus can be a main eventer in the fucking mask. Eat my dick. Yes, 100%. He, like, I mean, after, because they already announced for Full Gear that it's um, Cody versus Omega. Oh, sorry, sorry, Cody versus uh, Jericho. So, like, they're going to need another challenger after that, because they've pretty much shown that Omega's going to do, like, a losing streak all the way into, like, the new year, and then, like, have to do a redemption arc, which, as a wrestling fan, is good. As a Kenny Omega fan, is like being repeatedly kicked in the dick. <laughs> um, yeah, I do see that a lot. People are complaining because, you know, Omega is one of, if not the best wrestlers in the world right now. And having him just, having his thing being like that he keeps getting caught. It's not that he's a bad wrestler. He just keeps getting caught in, like, at a moment. Nobody straight up beats him. They just get lucky. And, like, I'm like, no, God, I hate all of you. This is like watching. Well, I, I will say, 
it was beautifully done, and I feel like I like I skipped forward and saw what your baby face of the week is, so you may be skipping a, a little bit ahead here. But I will say it was done really well because Kenny was pulling heel Kenny shit during the whole thing, so he's like getting the like, oh fuck yeah, I'm doing this. I can beat anybody. I'm amazing. I'm Kenny Omega, and it, even then, I'd say Pac didn't catch him. It was literally Pac being smart in the wrestling ring and going, if I grab this arm and if I lure him into this, I can. Lock him into my finishing move. It was also a matter of holy fuck AEW. You got to give him more outside ring space. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to a point where my dad was messaging me like, "They need to give them more room because they done hit their knees multiple times during this match." So you guys watched it. I didn't, and then I don't want to pay for a pay per view that isn't live. Um, I feel like that's fair, right? I, I yeah. understand that. Unless it's like ten bucks, I'll pay for a ten dollar rewatch. But like, they're still charging full price. Fuck that noise. Right. Um. So like, why isn't the Dark Order getting over? Am I missing something? Is it because I'm a mark for them? It might be because you're a mark for them because... Well, no, because I'm a mark for them, too. And when you were like, they're not getting over, and I'm like, that's ridiculous. They obvious... And then my head rewound back and was like, oh, you're oh, right. Yeah, they they're didn't. really not getting over that much. Which is so weird because their promos are good. Because Evil Uno is a great promo. Fucking Stu Grayson is an amazing wrestler. They have an evil video game thing and minions. I feel like it's firstly... They need TV. Yeah. Player Uno won me over again because at one point, I think it was the other day, he tweeted, after our victory at All Out, it will be announced now that no one is even allowed to call us spooky perverts anymore. <laughs> I love I love Trent so much. Yeah, what happened with that match? Because everybody was like, it went too long, it wasn't good. Without the uh, spoiling the after thing, because that's my, that's my face of the week, and I don't, please don't. Uh, okay, I don't. I honestly don't remember that much about that match. Yeah, I'm, I was about to say I'm kind of the same way. I don't remember a lot about it. We were mostly talking about like, the sexy I think on, it was knee on a card that was full of four plus star matches. That was like a three star match. Yeah. So it's like I was a good match. I enjoyed it. If you take out the surprise at the end, it's a, just like a three star thing. Nah, uh, I know, but I hope for. By the way. How did how did Chuck Taylor look? Jericho said on 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 that that he got in better shape. He was real. Oh, like, he looks a lot better. Yeah. Good. Good. Thank Jesus. That was my only concern about him going to that company. Is like Chuck Taylor is not known for being a body guy or working <laughs> out ever. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. I was like, please, dude. I like you could at least be mid tier champion. Like you'll never be champion of this company ever. I love you so much. You'll never happen. But like. <sighs> Was the internet shitting on anything else? Because at one point you were like, was All Out just terrible? Everyone hated it. And uh, for the me, the I... main event, the women's battle royal, um, everybody... Well, everybody we didn't sh- get into the women's battle royal till about halfway, so maybe it was rougher? It was on the pre-show. I don't, I'm not counting it. By the way, um, yeah. the, they, they, they shit on uh, the Young Bucks being spot monkeys. Stupid, stupid, stupid. It was so fucking good. I think that Canadian destroyer off the ladder is one of my favorite spots I've ever seen. Yes. Uh, well, here's the thing. Even then, they were doing a lot of spot monkey bullshit. Yeah. But it was logical spot monkey bullshit. Because if you watch the way they were interacting, it would be like Phoenix would climb to the top of a ladder 
and Nick would or Matt would be on like a table underneath, and Nick would scramble up and look and, and basically say shit like, "If you do it, I'm going through your brother," because Pentagon would be on the other table. So it's essentially two wrestlers trying to one up one another as they're beating the shit out mm-hmm. of the other people. Uh, people people also shit on uh, Pentagon over spamming his uh, his zero merito thing, which is true. He does that too fucking much. He does that a lot, but he had to get all of those finishers built up. <laughs> well, that, and also, he's been doing that since AEW started. You can't say that was... No, no, that's why it's too much. Mm. Yeah. Um, what else was there? Um, well, I... The they, one shit on, they shit on the Dark Order. Yeah, I understand the main event, too, because after a card full of just such good matches, in my opinion, really, like, intense matches that are some of the best matches I've seen all year, like, that one was just kind of there, too. Well, see, the problem I had with the main event of the night was the fact that Adam should have been playing the hot upstart babyface who's constantly getting one over Jericho, and instead they pulled the... I'm Chris Jericho, I'm just gonna beat you down, beat you down, beat you down, then let you get a little bit of shine, and then do a backwards elbow into your face and win the title. That's basically been his thing now for, like, the last two years, is that everybody goes into it being a better wrestler, but Chris Jericho is a better brawler due to years of experience. Like, he he, he used his experience not to, like, out-technical people, like fucking uh, Malenko or, like, William Regal would, and instead used it to know that if you just, like, straight Bruiser Brody brawl people, no one knows how to handle it anymore. Like, so that's how he, that's how he gets people. Uh, I think and I, like, if they I re- telegraphed that more, I think that would be a great way to, like, go about it. Yeah, yeah. Nobody also, will. the blade job, I appreciate what they were trying to go for of, like, the, you hit me above the eye maybe bleed, I'm gonna do the same exact thing to you. But maybe if he had done it later in the match, or if, like, even, even if commentary didn't make it a defined thing to be like, this is happening, I would have liked it more, but... Now, how is this commentary team? Nobody, here we go. <laughs> All right, oh, so oh fuck, I forgot about the other thing. Uh, well, firstly, Mar- Marvez is not on commentary anymore. They've hired Golden Boy, which made me very happy, and they were very good. Excalibur was very good uh, as he, uh, always. He struggled. Excalibur struggled in the beginning. I'd say that. Yeah, he started. I think both Excalibur and Jr. had to kind of find their way, and once J- Jr. just gave up halfway through, and he became the sassiest old man I've ever heard. Was it good, well, though? it's because Excalibur is a very good play-by-play man. So now Jr., who had been a play-by-play man for years, is like, I guess I'm just gonna talk shit throughout the whole match, and it was so good. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, did, did Chuck Taylor hit the Falcon Arrow? Oh, no, because they lost, and as you know, nobody kicks out of the Falcon Arrow. Thank you. Uh, I love that that's the one through through three companies through three companies Chuck Taylor has done that and like and like looked at Excalibur afterwards and be like how did he kick out he did it in PWG he did it in New Japan they did it in New <laughs> Japan pro wrestling whenever Excalibur did a match and he was like he had the f- nobody kicks out of that and like and now he's done it in AEW and I was just like the continuity god damn it reward Chuck Taylor for that 
Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, do what? you remember any of the like good lines that Jr. said from that night? Because I'm trying to, but I'm just the one that keeps coming back to me isn't a good line, but it's oh, the fact no. that during the Riho match, yeah. he kept referring to Riho as the little, little lady, lady the whole time, and I was like, I'm very uncomfortable about it's this. Like, yes, I understand. She's a very like she's very slight, Jr. There's <laughs> other. How was the Cracker Barrel Classic Brawl for all? God damn, son, we're about to start. That was match of the night. That was match of the fucking night. I don't care if people called it Spot Fest after Bloody Spot Fest. It, even if you're not into hardcore matches, I think this is an accessible hardcore match for people. By the way, I would uh, like to I would like to point out that after watching it six times, there is no way that the Jimmy Havoc Joey Janela spot with the chair was planned. There's no way you could hope to hit that except when he did. I loved that so much. Um, and there were so many, like, crazy bullshit. Like, it, Jimmy Havoc just, like, pulling multiple staplers out from under the ring. Uh, the boys crushing each other with Cracker Barrels. Um, now there is one. Um, well, Darby crushing himself with a Cracker Barrel at one point. That is true. But there's one moment that the internet shit on, and I don't understand why. And so, so Joey Janela's looking for something to beat someone up with, and he goes under the ring, he pulls out a tennis racket. Who's this an homage to, I wonder? And he looks at it, and he throws that shit away. Yeah. And it's very funny, because he's mocking Jim Cornette, and everyone's like, I don't know what the fuck he's mocking him, he's just good, he's just, he's just making everyone aware that Cornette hates him, and it's like, exactly! Cornette <laughs> wouldn't be relevant at all if he didn't hate on these new, new age spot monkeys. This is like a give and take. This is how wrestling works. Yeah, that was the bit. That was the bit. Thank you very much, Internet, for letting us By know. By the way, do you know why, do you know why people uh, didn't love All Out? It was missing a key player. You know who that was? Mm-hmm. Naka. 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 Naka Zawa. Somebody pointed out to today when I saw the, the new Chris Jericho little bit of the bubbly shirt. Mm-hmm. Um... They just have a... AEW just has a shirt that says Michael Nakazawa. Yeah. And he has not done anything <laughs> since Fighter Fest. Yeah. So He's, good. Have I told you my, like, my, like, dream booking for Michael Nakazawa? No, please do it. Uh, so, so my hope is that for, like, the first six months, he just is a comedy jobber. And then, like, sometime around, like, April Fool's Day, because that would be apropos... He just starts being a legit wrestler out of nowhere, and people don't <laughs> expect it, and he just starts this massive winning streak. Because everybody forgets that Michael Nakazawa is like a 15-year veteran. Yeah. <laughs> and, then he just, and then he just starts beating people, and then he gets a shot at the title and gets wrecked, because he couldn't not like cheat and do comedy spots in like the big moment. But like then everybody endears people to him. Like that's my like my big dream for Michael Nakazawa. Mm-hmm. Oh, also uh, after the Cracker Barrel brawl the next day at Dragon Con, there was I I wasn't sure if this was the cosplay, but hopefully she's listening right now. There was a girl dressed as Jimmy Havoc, but I don't know if you've ever been not sure of a cosplay. I stared at her for a solid ten minutes. You sh- like, you it- took that picture. There's no way you can doubt that she had the undercut, the over, and the face mask like he used to have back in progress. Yeah, but I'm like, I don't know if this is an anime thing. I don't know if it's something. The only she thing she could have done to make that more obvious is she had a boombox that played I Hope You Suffer on repeat. 
Hey, guys, yeah. I'm going to send um, this picture of Jimmy Havoc in the exact... Yeah, I just well, want to... No, no, you... she had her, like, hands crossed above the Havoc, and I was like, I don't know if that's Jimmy. And then finally she uncrossed her arms. I'm like, Jimmy Havoc! And then I ran over and we talked about All Out. And by All Out, I mean literally just the Cracker Barrel Brawl because it was so what, good. What did you send that in? Oh, on Facebook, okay. Yeah, in fact, one of the people who was at the Fight Boys, the official Fight Boys All Out Watch Party, afterwards, like, headed up to a bar and got drunk, and later on Twitter... All he said was, all I've been doing all night is telling people how amazing that Jimmy Abbott, Joey <laughs> Janela, Darby Allen match was. And that's it. God, that was so fucking good. Oh, yeah. No, there's no way you couldn't know that that dude was Jimmy Havoc. Like, even without the Die Havoc Die shirt. Like, that is, there is no, there is no way that you don't. You'd have to be dumb or blind. No, I don't know, man. It could be some anime shit. I don't know. It does look like a lot of anime. Jimmy Havoc is very animation, although there is a picture with the stapler. Yeah, so, by the way, my favorite uh, Jimmy Jimmy Havoc line was there was a, a show they were doing at, like, um, I think it was, like, the Globe Theater or some some shit. And he comes out, and he, he eventually gets a match with Tommy End, back when Tommy End was, like, transitioning to Aleister Black. But he looks at Jim, and he's like, Jim, I didn't come out here dressed as King of the Goths for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> And I exclusively refer to, like, like, like Jimmy Havoc, his official nickname is King of the Goths, Jimmy Havoc. Yeah. By the way, I would, by the way, Scotty, would you like to talk about how All Out fucked your lead? God, yeah, I'm please. Not fully fucked yet. Oh, by the way, did we, did any of us watch Cardiff? The No. Okay. No, we, would, we didn't get a chance. We were. I tried to, I, my TV kicked out Scotty's info, so I couldn't use his Netflix, or his, uh, his WWE account to watch. Uh, I've seen bits and pieces. It was apparently really fucking good. It's just I didn't have a chance. What are, by the way, what are the standings? Like, who did the best on um, All Out? Uh, I think Dylan got first, you got second, and I was firmly in third. Because I don't even remember who I picked for that shit. I do. Yeah, but uh, now we are, it's as if, as if New Japan, as if the G1 Cup never happened, we are now back to me being in the lead by one point, and you both tied behind me. I would like to point out that imagine how bad it would have been if you hadn't won that. Oh, yeah. Oh, damn. But you know what's never bad? All of our lovely patrons. At patreon.com slash a load of BS. That's the website where you can join the BS Moon Marines. You can become an honorary fight boy. Join our ranks. You get shouted out on the show of your choice every single week. Uh, you may get some awesome swag from the Dragon Con show because fun fact... We were supposed to have a bunch of stickers to give out. They didn't come till yesterday. So I'm going to have a bunch of sticker packs to send out to people. And if you want some, you can get them at patreon.com slash a load of BS where you get shouted out like that motherfucker Gazi. Access the way, to exclusive Gazi shows. Gazi has been in Twitch for a very long time and we have ignored the shit out of him. I'm sorry, Gazi. I've been well, ignoring yeah, him. I've been ignoring him for years. On purpose. <laughs> But yeah, you get also you get access to our exclusive show. You paid for this. All kinds of awesome perks at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Now, who we tweeting this week? Should it be Chuck? Should it be Trent? Or should we ask for a little bit of the bubbly? Oh, um, actually, Jericho? 
Well, actually, no. Can we can we can we tweet at Darby Allen and tell him to stop going for the coffin drop because he's like oh for two or three now and like it's it looks bad. Like <laughs> tell him tell him that no matter how much shit you put in between you and the person, it's never gonna work. Yeah. Well, um, I think- also tell him to sell the weight of the barrels. Yeah. Because Jimmy Havoc did a great job of selling that those barrels were heavy. Darby, you just picked it up like you're a, a Hulk motherfucker. He picked up the light one. Yeah. Oh, he picked up the one without the bottom, didn't he? He did. Yeah, I'm fairly sure we've already tweeted at Darby, so I've just preemptively put at Longhorn Steakhouse. There you go. Dear at Longhorn Steakhouse, uh... Where's the where's the uh the the Longhorn Steak Championship belt? I'd love to go there and win it. <laughs> I assume it's defended under 24/7 rules. Steak Championship. Put the bit about the 24/7 rules. That's a that's solid. <laughs> that's a good bit. Throw it in. Fuck you. You say that all the time. I don't <laughs> hashtag a little bit of the bubbly. By the way, that's the number one shirt for the month. Oh, yeah, 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 no doubt. The minute I saw they made it into a shirt, I went, ah, oh, fuck, I have to buy this now. Apparently before that, Jungle, like, the Jungle Boy and Lugiosaurus were outselling everybody as far as, like, t-shirt merch. Oh, I could see that, because, like, it's the Rey Mysterio thing. They're the team that appeals to the kids in the audience, and that means everyone's, that means the dad and the child and the mom have to buy the shirts. You don't sell just one shirt, you sell multiples if you appeal to kids. It's a good shirt. Also, uh, Gazi asked if Dylan ever looks at the Twitter at the Twitch chat. No, he doesn't. I don't <laughs> even you, Dylan. I don't even have access to it. You could just go to the a load of BS Twitch. That's how I do it. Nah, nah. That's how Captain Tibbs does it. <laughs> nah, 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 man. Nah, fam. Also, that ain't that ain't me. I ain't about also, that. Also, could I just say my favorite thing about the belt being stolen was how quickly Jericho. Managed to put on a scarf, a fedora, and jump into a hot tub to quickly record a promo saying, It's been stolen! <laughs> also, I would like to say props to uh, whatever city's police department it was that posted saying they'd found the belt and immediately deleted the tweet because they found the wrong belt. <laughs> nice! Um... By the way, Scotty, uh, how does it how does it feel to know all your G one mojo is gone because your King of the Ring like predictions are f- fucked harder than a than like a than nope, like don't a don't continue that don't continue <laughs> that. Um, how, how we doing on King of the Ring? I believe I am at. I don't. Here's the thing. I don't know if for the Pickums if they're counting Ricochet winning. They did. They counted it. They counted it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Then I have five points at this point. Can somebody G1. look that up? From, Blake, can you can you look up where I am? I've got the pickums right here. Let me see. The SmackDown. My SmackDown side of the card is completely fucked because Andrade is gone. Oh, yeah, because gone. your King of the Ring winner is gone. No, no, no. I changed it. In the official pickums, I said Ricochet was going to win. So I still have, I still have that small Filipino boy to rely on. He's from so. Kentucky. <laughs> Uh, he is literally. See. He and Chuck Taylor came up in the business together. I just no, no, no. Chuck trained him. If I, I remember correct. <laughs> so, because that was my favorite thing of all time was watching matches where Chuck would commentate with Ricochet in them and how much shit he would talk to him the whole match. So, um... also, can we just say if we're go- while Blake does the pickums, 
I don't think there's been a bigger glow up in the history of professional wrestling than that of Ricochet. Because if you watch old Ricochet matches, he looks like a scrawny Samoan with the big fucking afro, and it's the worst thing on the planet. By the time, by the time he won Best of the Super Juniors, like against Coda, then he was like he was firmly in his own. But he just kind of got better from there. Uh, after I think no, um, around the time that he did Lucha Underground, that was when he be- that was when he came into his own. Because uh, I think like doing that show gave him the confidence he needed to have more of like a presence. Yeah, well, I mean, wasn't he the first, um, whatever their championship was, wasn't yeah. he the first champion? Mm-hmm. To, I mean, yeah, that's that's all it takes, baby, is like one company to tell you, yeah, you need to be the one who runs this, and also everyone on LRA TV is going to see this, and that's probably what definitely jettisoned him to, oh, I can do this, this is fine. As a as an aside, one of my favorite PWG moments that I've ever, I've ever seen a clip of was when uh, he wore those tights. To oh, yeah, a yeah, PWG, yeah. and Marty's just like, "Wait, you're," and he like puts his his hand over Marty's mouth, and then like hits him with a move to shut him up before he can say it. So, um, Dylan, you and I are tied at twelve points. And Scotty, you so guys... you're probably gonna win because you have Baron Corbin winning the whole thing, and like, yes, I want it to be Chad Gable. Yeah, that would that would be great. Uh, Scotty, you got Wouldn't six. Wouldn't that be like an Owen Hart-esque moment? Like, that's like how he, like, proves that he's, like, you know... Able to do it. Yeah. You know. Apparently the trip. Apparently the triple threat is, uh... They designed it as a triple threat to get Ricochet over, and I was like, he's already over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's 110% over. You're good. You've got your new Rey Mysterio for all the kids if, at home. If Ricochet wins that match, I'm fucked. <laughs> we both and are. I will be so happy if he does, because of the added points. So, now the important question of the week. We've had some amazing things happen in wrestling, and then we've also had things like, hey, Enzo might be coming back to WWE, so we have to know, what's our heels and faces of the week? Also, I would like to say, that was a rumor for all of about six hours before Triple H tweeted or like said something in an interview and said, a no. Oh, yeah, you know, a secondary baby face of the week ahead of the other one that I have is to Triple H for being like, yeah, it's, I guess it's good publicity for Enzo, but uh, yeah, we've got no interest right now. Absolutely not. Do they have interest in big cast, though? Because like he's getting his shit together and I really feel like he deserves a redemption in the company. I would be fine with that. Uh, but anyway, Scotty, I'm glad that you said uh, you mentioned my heel and face for the week because I have not changed it since the last time we did this show and it still fits. Wait, wait, really? <laughs> yeah, this is the same as it was a couple weeks ago because okay. my heel was Kenny fucking Omega because beforehand he did this badass promo against sick Moxley, and now he's looking like a champ bad motherfucker in his match against Pac. And I mean, uh, Pac? I'd not... Pac, that's Pac, um, thank you. Fuck. Son of a bitch, this week after this, I, I wish all of the episodes didn't have to have boys, so this episode could be called Pac-Men. No, we're, it's Pac-Boys. Pa- Just Pac-Boys. Yep. But, um... He's still my heel because he was doing so much heel shit in that match. I loved it. I'd forgotten how good heel Kenny Omega was. Oh, it's the only thing he can do better is if he brought back like the silver and black hair. 
Yeah. Oh, God, that was gorgeous. Well, my heel of the week is um, a man who's always my heel of the week, and that's Frank Frank the fucking clown, who called out Mick Foley for, like, a hardcore match, and he did it wearing a singlet covered in Noel Foley's face. And as a father... I just can't. I can't was it, wait, do wait, wait. that. Was there was there a picture of Noel Foley over the crotch? Of, of course, those? there was. Oh, and so he, he pulled. And he, he, he went full Mc... Rick Rude. No respect. And he to Mick Foley. He uttered the phrase, "This is not the first time your daughter's been all over me." I hate him so <laughs> much. Um, that is also. I have another heel of the week, but we'll get we'll circle around to it. Um, my, my heel of the week, unfortunately, is, uh, is New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, for their, no, 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 uh, don't, for their handling of the, uh, the Kenta concussion situation at Royal Quest on Saturday. Uh, and I watched the match to be 100% about that from when I saw it. So basically what happens is, he, Germans, it's the classic New Japan spot, he Germans Ishii, Ishii picks him up, Germans him, Germans him back, hits it real bad, like, he like he gets up. He has no energy on anything. He tries to do like a snap, snaps like like uh, like power, uh, like s- snap slam. Can't do it. Has no energy. And instead of having God come out early, smaz it up, just drag his limp body, they proceed to have the full match, including and I shit you not, a like cross legged fucking Shibata style slap fest, like. Hard as fuck, I felt it through the screen with a man that just had a concussion. That was how they decided to get through it. Like, God don't get damn, me wrong. I heard that they Ishi Ishi ring generaled the shit out of that, but they should have like you know like he goes for the brain buster and like counter into a small package or something like just because Kenta can pull back from it, have a good title defense, beat the shit out of somebody. Like, he didn't have to hit his finisher. There were other ways around. He could have hit game over, made Ishii tap, even better in front of a British crowd that loves Ishii. Like, just the way that they handled it was so not the way that I wanted that company to handle a concussion, especially, like, I was a strong-style company. Like, they're all about physical violence. I always wanted it to be about safety, too. Like, that was just that was just real disappointing. I I heard that like he'd gotten a concussion. I didn't know that they continued. Oh and yeah, did the whole for match. like eight minutes. Ugh. That slap fest was a solid like a one minute slap fest. By the way, Kenta has gained a new level of respect as has Ishi for doing it. Like, don't get me wrong, they shouldn't have, but fucking good on them the way they like they were just like, okay, how do we get through this? We're gonna beat the shit out of each other. That's just the answer. <laughs> Um, I would like to say also a secondary heel for this week is the consummate heel, Ric Flair, who is disputing with WWE over the title of the man. Yes! Woo! Mm. Who has been in a Twitter feud with Becky Lynch for probably the better part of the last couple weeks. Uh, Yeah, I did enjoy Becky. Her one, her like four word reply was, I am still the man. <laughs> that was it. Um, also, the secondary heel of the week for me goes to my soundboard because it shat out on me in the middle of that. But luckily, Dylan had so much to say about that fucking Kinta match that during the whole thing of me trying to fix everything, the, like Dylan was like, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to tell him everything I got to know. 
Listen, I'm a I'm I've become a huge fan of Kenta over the G1 and like his joining the Bullet Club because he he was booed the whole time and he found the perfect way to catapult. It was like, oh, we just go full heel, and now when people boo, he just like turns his ear towards it and he's just like, yeah, oh, he's yeah. such a smug bastard. I can't wait to buy his shirt. Also, and this is mostly because we talked about All Out so much that we forgot to talk about everything else. Uh, another heel of the week goes to Bailey because thanks to Bailey, we're probably about to have to start cheering Charlotte Flair again, and I nope. don't want that. No, nope. I don't want that. Nope. I'll cheer for Bailey. I'll cheer for her personal like character growth. Yeah, I'm glad that it's now like the boss and thug connection. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. This is going to have the classic WWE like reaction of, oh man, they're going to cheer the heels because the heels are so much better. Well, no, because yeah. Becky's still over as fuck. That's true. No one's no one's ever not going to cheer Becky. Yeah. but they're going to cheer for. But I do want Boss and Thug more. I want I want Boss and Thug to get their tag titles back and to each hold the singles, and so it's like the two woman power trip. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That's I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it! <laughs> it's like the the new mega power. Oh, dude, it'd be great. Uh, so we want to do faces? Who do, who, yeah, let's who, do who, faces who, of the week Okay, now. great. Um, Orange fucking Cassidy is the Fuck, best yes! thing going. Freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy is amazing. I watched a match he had, um, I forget, it for, I think it was for Smash against David Starr. And, like, granted, that match was a while ago. It was still amazing. It's a good match. I've seen it. It's yeah. a really good match. And, like, his entire thing where he just shows up, the lights go out, it's Orange Cassidy, and, like, the most, like, anticlimactic thing. And then he just, even JR was like, how are his sunglasses still on after doing that? He's so good. He's so good. He's so fucking good. And the fact that he's with the best friends is amazing. I love everything about they can they can like circle out the teamworks cuz like Chuck's been working with Orange Cassidy for like over a decade. Like from oh, yeah. the fucking Gentlemen's Club back in Chikara. Like I am I'm all I like like I am all in on the super best friends. Like they are so, Cassidy did this fucking he did a suicide dive without taking his hands out of his pockets. Yeah, like yeah. and then he landed it perfectly. Like he landed on his feet. After hitting all of the gimps. Yeah, he was so... He's so good. He's another one that I see a lot of unlike. Oh, he's mid-tier champion. Mid-tier yeah, champion. Well, on the internet, I see, like, a lot of un... Uh, I guess, like, undeserved hate. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, he's lazy. Look at his gimmick. It's so easy to see through what he's doing. But he's such a fucking good wrestler. We've talked about this before, haven't yeah, we? Have. Well, I, also, I just want to say, I've never seen someone more justified in their choice of cosplay than Sean from Radish, who we did a show with the following day, because he came in dressed as Orange Cassidy, and I've never seen someone so pumped to not have to do anything for the rest of the day other than just be a lazy little shit. By the way, I... I've said it before. I'll, I'll say it again. My dream tag team uh, for AEW is Orange Cassidy and Michael Nakazawa. <laughs> there is so much untapped potential in like a lazy slap. 
he has he lathers himself up in baby oil. The person slips. Orange Cassidy hits him with like one of those like like sissy chops or something. And then yeah. and then all of a sudden they just turn the gas on and they both like actually beat the shit out of everybody. And that's how they win is nobody can handle the whiplash. See, that's something that I think that a lot of people don't realize nowadays in wrestling. Nowadays, but yep. <laughs> there are characters that. Uh, like, they start out on such a level where they're not doing anything, but then you flip a switch, and they're the best fucking wrestler in the room. Yeah. And that's Orange Cassidy. A real Festus, you could call him. A real Festus. A real, uh... He's a grizzled young vet. He's a grizzled young vet. He's a grizzled young vet. Well, we've talked a bit about my two pre-prepared baby faces, which was the Cracker Barrel Brawl, and also the fact... That we got to just throw a Fight Boys party around All Out. Of course, at the end of it, we did have to explain, hey, we do a podcast. You need to check it out. We gave him all our shit, so maybe. Yeah, well, my my other baby face of the week, we didn't get to talk about the first segment. And it's the fact that WWE finally realized, let's not have The Fiend every week. And instead, let Bray do some awesome Firefly Funhouse shit. Because this week, we got the best one ever of Bray just being like, everything's amazing. I wonder who I'm going to get to face in Hell in a Cell. Because instead of being like, I don't know about the rumors, WWE just said, no, he's getting a match. Because we're not going to say no to him. It's great. Yep. Also, the fact that he... That was the one where he was just feeding the Vince McMahon puppet money, right? Yes, he was feeding the puppet money. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. (sighs) And then, of course, at the end of it, Obviously, he's saying, I'll see you at Hell in a Cell, but seeing the nice Bray look in the camera and say, see you in hell, was the best shit I've ever seen. It was so good. Fire, I wouldn't doubt if they put the fucking title on Oh, no, they're going point. to. He's the one that's going to take it off Seth. Yeah. Oh, yes, buddy. This is the most excited I've and then, ever been. And then it'll be like Brock where he doesn't show up, but it'll be like the opposite of Brock because you're excited for when he shows up. Yeah. Because you'll probably be getting regular Firefly Flunhouse. Fly or fly, 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 happens. Boy, you're struggling tonight, ain't you? God damn. I've been... It's been such a day. Uh, so, also, um, fun fact. Apparently, um... Fucking, you know, Paul E. Dangerously has decided that instead of fully scripted, they're going to go back to the old bullet point way of doing promos. Uh, apparently, Ray, Bailey, and, like, I think one other person, like, did it that way, were given that way. And that thus, if you watched uh, and, like, enjoyed any of those promos, you can thank Paul, uh, you can thank Paul Heyman. Like, you should thank Paul Heyman for the last 20 years of the business, you ungrateful fucks. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, a lot of blood just went away from my head because I was thinking about just how great that is that they're going back to non-scripted promos. I'm glad yeah. that you I'm glad that your your uh, your bottom half is off-screen. <laughs> I did enjoy uh I watched the CM Punk shoot that he did at uh Starcast where he was talking about The Rock calling him in the center of the ring, but my favorite part was when he was talking about going to the rocks like executive suite and all of the hollywood people like coming towards him and one of them hands him a piece of paper and goes this is your promo for next week with the rock and cm punk just looks at it looks back up and goes you're gonna have a bad time buddy and eventually cm punk grabs dwayne the rock johnson 
And they have a one-to-one man-to-man conversation where he goes, I know this is how you do your things, but this is how I do my things, and it's not going to work out if you try this out. It it was a really good moment because it it allowed you to remember that CM Punk isn't whatever. Like, he's still just a dude, and it was really cool to realize that watching that that few bits of that shoot interview that I got to see. It is that weird thing where you realize that everyone's human because, like... Even with personal lives, it's so easy to assign, like, heel and face to people's actions, like, with the whole lawsuit thing. But then things like this happen, you're just like, I mean, he's just a dude, and he probably just did what he thought was best, even though it was shitty. And, like, even though it is shitty, like, I, I can see that. I don't forgive him, but I'm just like, yeah, that's I understand. Yeah, I mean, he's a pretty big asshole, but still, I understand why he does some of the things he does. I mean, like, it, it's it, what it reached a moment with me where I was like, he doesn't, he seems happier not wrestling. I don't want him to come back to AEW, but I do want to just hang out with him. That's all I wanted after that was, I don't want to see him back in a ring. I just want to hang out with him and make sure he's doing good. Yeah. Meanwhile, my baby face of the week is Baron Corbin. <laughs> as it was a few weeks ago it's as good. well. Because he is keeping my dream alive. Because he is going to win King of the Ring 2019, or I'm going to die. He is my favorite manager of a local Applebee's (laughs) that I've ever seen. Vince thinks he's sexy, so why don't you? Uh, So so as I said before, dreamboarding Baron Corbin to win King of the Ring is like wishing that somebody would just come up and kick you in the the nuts. Like you just been, oh man, I hope it happens today. I mean, that's where I've been with WWE for a while now, so yeah. Can we just put another I'll feel heel something, of, at least. Can we put another heel of the week on Blake for dreamboarding Baron Corbin into becoming King of the Ring? I don't want that. Mainly because, like, he looks like he's improving and doing things, and, like, no one should get saddled with the King gimmick except Ricochet. Yeah. It's already his fucking Twitter handle. I know, but I really want Gable now. I'm ready, willing, and Gable. I would I would rather Gable won than Ricochet because that means that I still win. <laughs> this summer, two men save the world. From who you ask? Everything invading robo penises. This show is not about those two men. <laughs> this show's just a load of BS. The show where Blake Tanner and Scotty Moore make up dumbass movies like that. We're your personal think tank. We're your two white guys, which fills the quota for a Mm -hmm. podcast, I think. And we're just going to be here to have a good time and talk about sauerkraut. That's right. Except no substitutes, ladies and gentlemen, because this is that pure, uncut P.S. Good, good, uncut. Well, boys, we talked ad nauseum about All Out, some WWE news, which is making me happy that not as much is going into WWE as it is AEW, but now I want to go to the greatest professional wrestling organization in the world in Birmingham, Alabama, the organization that's about to be beating the elite, and I am talking about JWF Pro Wrestling, so let's turn things over to Captain Tibbs and Silver Spoon. 
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night War. I'm your host, Silver Spoon, joined as always by a man who went all out this weekend, Captain Tibbs. I stayed at home all weekend. How did I go all out? I'm not sure, Tibbs, but let me tell you something right now. We are on the cusp of one of the greatest JWF pay-per-views of all time. It is beating the elite. Not oh, sure yeah. We- Fuck those guys. <laughs> Not really sure why we called it that, but who, but who knows? But, of course, at that pay-per-view, we are going to see the finals of the King of the Steel City Tournament, a a tournament that will determine the next number one contender to whatever title the the King decides to go for. We already have seen the Hammerman move on to the semifinals. We've seen seen Sam the Beer Man Adams. And right now, Tibbs, we've got a match that I know you've got some added stakes in as your son, Chuck Tibbs, takes on someone that I know you're not a big fan of, Felix the Wrecking Ball. Listen here, Sills. I've made it very clear how much I hate Felix Ball. In the many months that he's been in my company, for some strange reason, I haven't gotten rid of him yet. But damn it, my son's gonna win. Also, I'd like to say it's it's strange having the king of the Steel City tournament where Guy Fieri's not in it. I just don't know how to feel. That's right. Let's not forget last week, Mojo Gruff getting the demon honeypot to assault Guy Fieri before his match. And it was a devastating loss. I mean, Guy Fieri, he's been king of the Steel City for the past two years, and he was eliminated in the first round. It was horrifying to see, Tibbs. Mm-hmm. You never think to see things like this, but then again, you got young up-and-comers like my son, Chuck Tibbs. You've got some of the greatest wrestlers in the world, like the Hammer Man. I think we're going to have a great king, no matter what, after my son beats Felix Ball. That's right, both of them staring across the ring. The bell goes ding, and oh, Chuck just shooting across the ring like a bullet, tackling Felix to the earth, raining vicious shots down onto his skull, the fist moving with fury. Chuck, like a house of fire, bouncing off the ropes, and a massive shotgun dropkick sends Felix Ball into the turnbuckle, and Tim's your child. He is going crazy. 100% son, keep up the attack. That's right, now Chuck climbing onto the top turnbuckle, looking down at the wrecking ball, and ooh, delivers a massive elbow drop straight through the heart. Chuck trying to set up for the Canadian, or the former Canadian DDT, now known as the DD Tibbs, trying to finish things off, but wait a minute, the Lumberjack, Felix Ball's associate, the Lumberjack, distracting the referee, Shibata, and oh my god, it allowed Felix to hit that low blow, Chuck falling to the earth, and Tibbs, I know you hate to see this. What are you doing, Shibata? You gotta watch the ring. That's right, and now Felix, who just grabbing Chuck by the throat, picking him up off of the ground, and a massive choke slam into the earth, going for a pinfall one. Two, ooh, and Chuck just barely kicking out at two, Tibbs. But I think Felix's work may be done already. I don't know, Sills. He's never been blindsided like that. I haven't been able to teach him about that yet. Damn. That's right. And now Felix looking looking pissed off fairly that he has not finished this match off going over to the Lumberjack. And what in the world? What's the Lumberjack handing him? And it's 
Oh my god, it's it's brass knuckles! He's got Shibata distracted, he's got those brass knuckles in no. his hand! But wait a minute! Shibata! Shibata doing his job right, grabbing those brass oh. knuckles, tossing him out of the ring, and he's thrown the lumberjack out! He's thrown the lumberjack out from ringside! And Good, Chuck, Shibata! Charlie, he's using the distraction to nail a low blow of his own, and now he's got Felix! He's got him in the captain's hook, wrenching on yeah. the leg. Felix, he's got nowhere to go. Your boy's doing it, Tibbs. That's good, son. Twist it clockwise. No, not counterclockwise. Clockwise, you'll get the best torque. That's right. Trying to get trying to get that tap out that he failed to get at Summerfest from Felix Ball. But... Oh, wait a minute, Tibbs. There they are. It's the music of the dynasty. What? The team of Scotty Moore, Blake Tanner, and Scott Moore. Let's not forget last week their interference cost Chuck's tag team partner, the Dylan, his match against the Hammerman. It looks like they're trying to do the same thing right now. No, Silver. They can't do this. I don't care how talented they are. They're interfering with a match that could have devastating consequences. That's right, but they're walking, walking towards that ring. Their eyes set on Chuck. But wait a minute! From out of nowhere, the Dylan, the Dylan, he's got a steel chair absolutely waylaying each and every single member of the dynasty, destroying him at ringside. But no! Felix! Felix takes the opportunity. He uses the distraction. He's picked up Charlie by the throat once again and delivers a vicious Felix bomb in the center of the ring. Chuck is absolutely laid out as Felix goes for the pinfall. One, two, three. And Tibbs, I know you you hate to see it, but after numerous... (sighs) counts of interference from the Lumberjack from the Dynasty. Fortunately, it looks like Felix Ball is moving forward in the King of the Steel City Tournament, but who knows what's going to be next? What's going to be next for Chuck Tins? Sills, so I, w- I will say that my disappointment is immeasurable right now, and for some people, some people out there, there will be hell to pay for what they did to my son. That's right, Tibbs. I mean, it was absolutely horrifying seeing what seeing what the Dynasty are willing to do. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, the Dynasty invited Dylan to join their ranks. And instead, Dylan opted to stay with Chuck Tibbs, a, a move I never thought I'd see from the Dylan. And I guess the Dynasty didn't expect it either because they have been absolutely decimating both of these men. What do you think? I agree, Sills. I think the Dynasty has a little bit of a vendetta. And you know what? I would let that slide. I'd let that go on because that's what this business is about. But then, then they fucked with my boy. Oh, t- uh, Tibbs, are, are, are you making a match? Are you giving opportunity right now? What's going on? I don't know about that, Sills. I guess we'll have to see next week when I have to put the law down. All right, no. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, Tibbs, I know you're going to hate to hear this, but we have sent one of our top interviewers backstage, and he has found Felix the Wrecking Ball, and I think he's got a few questions about that victory. Let's have a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, Dodd the Dodd McDonald's here with the man who just defeated Chuck Tibbs to advance to the semifinals of the King of the Steel City Tournament, Felix Ball. Now, Felix, you were locked in the captain's hook, one of the deadliest submissions in all of pro wrestling. 
And I'll be honest, it looked like you were ready to tap. And I gotta be honest, if it weren't for the interference from the dynasty, do you honestly think that you'd be in the position you are now in this tournament? Hey, okay, Boyo, look here. Don't you dare ever try and tell me what I was gonna do. You don't know what was going through my head. You don't know what pain was shooting through my leg. You don't know if old Felix Ball's hand was gonna tap that mat or not. Do you honestly think that I was gonna tap out? Really? Really? You think that I was gonna tap out to that wimpy little heel hook of, of old Chuck Tibbs? No, no, no. You see, I've escaped it before, and I was gonna escape it again, but you see... I don't care about that right now. I don't care about the captain's hook. I don't care about the dynasty. What I care about is the future. And the future is going to be bright for old Felix Ball because I'm going to do something that's going to really get old Captain Tibbs's gander. And that's when the king of the Steel City tournament. You see, I'm going to win the tournament that Tibbs himself designed, and then I'm going to go on, and I'm going to beat Momoa Curry, the champion of this entire company, and win that championship from around his waist. And you see, what happened tonight, what happened tonight was just a stepping stone towards my one true goal. And that's driving Captain Tibbs crazy enough to a point where he'll do what he should have done a long time ago, and that's give this entire company to Felix Ball. Because I got ideas, McDonald. I got ideas for what to do with this company, what to do with the JWF Championship. And the first step is taking the entire JWF and moving it to Canada. The only true home of pro wrestling. And then after that, I'm gonna... Okay, I, I hate to interrupt you, Felix, but... Don't you feel like you're counting your proverbial chickens before they hatch? I mean, you still have two matches to go through before even becoming the king of the Steel City. And after that, you've got Momoa Curry, not just normal, a resurrected Momoa Curry to contend with. I just don't see what you... Don't see what? You don't see the truth? You don't see the writing on the wall because everybody else does? Everyone in that arena, everyone in the back, they all see that this company is run by an absolute psychopath named Captain Tibbs. They see that the walls are crumbling around them in this shithole town called Birmingham, Alabama. And they see that the only salvation that this company has left is in the form of the densest man on the planet. Felix the Wrecking Ball. Alright, Tibbs. Tibbs, I'm gonna have to ask you to calm Sales. down. I'm gonna blow. I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna fight him myself. Alright, I'm calm now. Look, Tibbs, yeah. let's not forget next week. He may be going up against the Hammer Next week, Man. you're gonna fight the fucking Hammer Man. Alright, well, looks like. Looks like next week he's made his decision. Felix Ball will be facing off against the Hammer Man. And that, of course, means that Mojo Gruff is going to be facing off against Sam the Beer Man Adams. But, Tibbs, let's not forget most of the pain that was dealt in Mojo Gruff's last match in this company. It was dealt before the match even began when the demon Honeypot came out to the ring absolutely assaulting Guy Fieri. It was shocking, Tibbs. 
I understand, Sills. I, I wasn't expecting to see that from Mojo Gruff, even to the depths of depravity that he'd fallen into. The fact that he has become a, a sycophant to such evil. The fact that he has teamed up with Honeypot, something so great that it could end the world. The fact that they are trying to run roughshod over my company. I'm dealing with them on one front. I'm dealing with Felix fucking Ball on the other front. It's enough to drive a man insane. But I'm still here, and we're gonna beat him. That's right, Tibbs. And I mean, let's let's not forget the winner of the tournament gets an opportunity at the JWF champion of their choice. And Mojo Gruff and Honeypot, they've made it clear in the past that their dark machinations, everything they're doing is in a quest to claim the JWF World Heavyweight Championship. And Momoa Curry, our current champion, he's come out to our ring because I think he's got a message for Honeypot and Mojo Gruff. Let's have a listen. So, it appears as though that the ass-kicking that I delivered to Honeypot at Summerfest wasn't enough. Because last week, in a horrifying display, the demon, the beast, Honeypot, assaulted my personal chef, Guy Fuel, before his match against Mojo Gruff, allowing La Flambeau to pick up an easy victory, but it's almost as if those two dipshits forgot exactly what the hell awaits the winner of the King of the Steel City Tournament, and that is a match against the champion of their choosing. And as much as I'd like to believe that they would go on to challenge for the tag titles or maybe get the captain's championship, I know what La Flambeau wants. I know what they need. And that is the JWF championship around my waist. So I'll make things simple for them. In fact, I'll make them an offer they simply can't refuse. Because at beating the elite, it just so happens that I don't have an opponent. But you see, I've faced Honeypot before. And you all saw what happened. You all saw how quickly I decimated the demon. You see, what I want to do instead is I want to face off against Honeypot and that little voodoo puke Mojo Gruff in a two-on-one handicap match. I'm willing to take Mojo Gruff, grab him by the skull, and slam him into the mat. I want to send Honeypot flying back with a fisherman's spear. I want to decimate those two piece by piece. Because if I don't, I know the destruction that awaits the JWF roster. You see, I've gotten this belt through hard work. And ever since claiming it, I've done nothing but face greater and greater challenges. And at beating the elite, I'm willing to put on the biggest challenge I've ever faced as I face off against La Flambeau in a devastating, no-holds-barred handicap match. Tibbs, this is shocking. Momoa, he wants to face off against both members of La Flambeau. Do do you think this is a smart move? 
Yes, Sills, I'm vibrating in my seat. I want to watch Momoa Curry decimate those two. I want him to end their very existence. I want him to prove that he is the better man, the better sibling oh, of all wait, things. Wait, 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 Tibbs, I'm sorry I hate to interrupt you, but it, it sounds like that's the music of La Flambeau, and there's Mojo Gruff and Honeypot coming out, approaching Momoa Curry, and... I'll be honest, I thought they'd look a lot more afraid, but they seem calm. They seem ready. Let's hear what they gotta say. Mamoa, Mamoa, Mamoa. You've made this far too easy for us, haven't you? You remember what happened the last time that both members of La Flambeau got their hands on you, correct? You died under the might of honeypot you burned in the fire of la flambeau and we intend to do that very same thing to you at beating the elite because as much as you wish to claim that your resurrected form is the most powerful you've ever been all it's told us is one simple fact that momoa curry can be killed and he will be killed again at the hands of La Flambeau and Momoa. We will leave you alive at the end of our match just long enough to see the return of our master. We will leave you gasping and praying for death itself until my master grabs you by your neck and gives you the sweet release that you need. So to everyone in the JWF universe, I pray you enjoy these last few weeks of seeing Momoa Curry on your television screens. Because at beating the elite, Momoa will die again. And this time, there will be no resurrection. Tibbs frightening words there from La Flambeau they, they claim they're going to resurrect his master the, I mean no, if, if they get that's that, impossible if they get that belt who knows what's possible Tibbs this is horrifying no not at all they, there's no way they could bring him back they they say that he's going to be here but after all we did after so this can't happen well, I guess that's going to be completely up to Momoa Curry. And if he's able to defeat La Flambeau in that two-on-one handicap match. And Tibbs, in the past, I've said that Momoa Curry, he's bitten off more than he can chew. But in this case, with these two beasts of men in the ring across from them, I've got to be honest, this motherfucker's bitten off more than he can chew. So I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set everything straight. If their master comes out, we're screwed. 100% A-OK. Good night, Irene. It's over. Well, I guess Momoa better do some training before his match at beating the Elite. But of course, in order to find out what happens next, in order to find out uh, the finals of the King of the Steel City Tournament, everyone at home's going to have to tune in next time to JWF. Monday Night War. So, Blakey T, it's been one hell of an episode. It's been so good that Dylan disappeared. Bye, Dylan. It's almost like he's an hour ahead of us. (laughs) 
So what did you learn this week, my boy? I learned that no matter how you slice it, your heels and baby faces of the week can be the same two weeks running. And so I learned that as much as the internet wants to say that AEW isn't a big deal or isn't making any waves... They literally <laughs> wasted our entire opening segment with All Out. So, awesome, I guess. Thank you. Uh, Probably. Yeah. Um, I think Gazi just came out in our chat. So, okay. <laughs> you picked a weird time to do that, bud, but congratulations. I'm saluting you. So, Gazi, I appreciate you. So Dylan can be found on Twitter at Dick and Stormy. Blake, where could they find you? You can find me at Blake A. Tanner on Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Vidya. That's D-A-R-K-R-O-O-M-V-I-D-Y-A on YouTube. And you can find me on Twitch every Wednesday night streaming with my buds on Vincent Vidya, V-I-N-T-S-O-N-V-I-D-Y-A. So Gossi has followed up the coming out message with the phrase, I'm drunk, sue me. <laughs> so you can find me on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O, buy all my books on Amazon, check out my Fiverr account, and remember to check out the other shows online at a load of purebs.com, ladies and gentlemen. Specifically, make sure to check out this week's episode of A Load of BS. It's our live show from DragonCon. It got so buck wild. Vin Diesel stole our whiskey. A lot <laughs> happened. I'm amazed you were able to put it together so quick. I yeah, that that was all last night for me. Like I got done recording opposite attractions and then just edited all of the audio together and it's unlistenable <laughs> without the vi- video representation. So make sure to check that out because it was the most work we've ever done for a show, specifically a load of BS. I do more work for each episode of JWF, but yeah, check that out. I mean, I tossed a lot of whiskey bottles, so yeah. <laughs> so make sure to check that out. Special thanks to Mega Ran for his song, Fighters, which is our theme song. Our new theme song we've been using for a few weeks now. The, the fucking... The birthday boy, Mega Ran, he recently just leveled up in life with his new birthday, so make sure to go give uh, Mega Ran a happy birthday from the Fight Boys. It would be very late at this point, but still... He would appreciate it. He would very much appreciate it, so make sure to do that. And as always, you can find us at aloadofpurebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on Twitter, and remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boys Show Longhorn Steakhouse, because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life!